1: So I want to uh, start off this sermon uh, just by giving you a quick little update. Um, some of you may be looking at me and wondering, oh, didn't he just preach last week? That's kind of weird. Um, the little, uh, little bit of... Um, Insight for you guys, we just wanted to make you guys aware that uh, Pastor Brandon on Friday night, we found out that Pastor Brandon was diagnosed with COVID. And so Pastor Brandon and his family have been quarantined. They are um, doing all right. I'm sure that they would appreciate prayers and, uh, and well wishes. Um, but he let me know on Friday night that he was not going to be able to be here. And so I am going to do my best to deliver a sermon that is similar to what he had planned and had um, brought up. But if you're following along on the uh, bulletin, it's going to look a little different. And I figured you would appreciate not just having me read word for word what he had written. So um, we're going to try and dive into the uh, topic of peace. And we're going to try and look at um, what it means to have peace. And right now, I think that that's a, uh, something that we kind of is going to be hard to do. If we're honest and if we just kind of settle for a second and we we think about what's going on in this world, I'm sure I don't have to remind you or go through all the things that are happening. I'm sure I don't have to remind you that our government is basically in ruins right now. They can't even agree on how they want to take care of us or if they want to take care of us. We can't even agree with each other on what the right course of action going forward is in certain places. We can't agree with what to do next in our nation. And we can't agree a lot of times what to do next in our own families. I have friends whose families are being destroyed by this. Fighting and infighting is happening constantly and peace seems so far out of reach. Peace seems like the furthest thing from what we're going to get in 2021. But here's the cool thing is what we're going to try and look into is that peace is very different scripturally than what the world tells us. It's much like what we've talked about the past uh, couple of years where we've been looking at um, these gifts of the Spirit, these these works of the Spirit, these fruits of the Spirit that are inside of us, and uh, we were focusing on love and we focused on joy last year. And we're going to be looking at peace this year. And just like I think love and joy have shown that we get closer to God, we experience those things. The closer we get to God, the closer we have peace. We are to peace. The closer we can get to God, the easier it is for us to love others. The closer we get to God, the easier it is to recognize joy in the midst of sorrow. And we're going to look at that this year. We're going to look at trying to kind of chase after peace. This idea of chasing after God and thereby chasing after peace, looking for peace even when it's not necessarily easy to come by. See, the world tells us that peace is the absence of things that are negative, in our lives. So peace is the absence of fighting, right? So the two top definitions, if you look them up, would be the absence of evil in your life or the second definition is the absence of fighting or war. And when we chase after that definition, it becomes so hard to find peace because it seems out of our reach. There's a lot of times where I personally can choose not to fight, but the world around me is fighting. And so it feels like I'm not at peace. It feels like peace is unattainable. It feels like I want to have peace, but guess what? I get sick. It feels like I want to have peace, but guess what? Someone does something to me. And so this idea that peace is the absence of negativity in our lives or the absence of fighting in our lives is unattainable. I mean, really, that's why we chase peace so often and we say we want peace. There's whole movements of peace, 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 and they want and they long for it. We long for it as a people, and yet we can never achieve it. Think back on your life. How long or how many stretches of years in your life have there been peace in our country? I know in my life it's not been much, if any, War after war after war, riot after riot, and yet we constantly talk about searching for peace and wanting it. So how do we do it? What's it look like? If it's not even attainable, by the way the definition of the world is because it's outside of our control, how do we look at it? How do we attain it? And so today we're going to start off just looking at peace. We're going to take the whole year to try and figure that out. And it's going to be an exciting ride because I think the closer we get to God and the closer we understand peace, the easier it is for us to interact with the people around us. One thing I know about peace is that if, you are, if you've ever met a person who you just think is like at peace, and I'm sure many of you have someone that comes to mind, someone who just is kind of that person who no matter what happens, they just are stable. They're there. They're sturdy. They're like a rock. And you think about that person, and you think to themselves, no matter what that person encounters, no matter what happens to that person, they're consistent. How does that happen? How do they get that? And the Bible tells us that it's not something that comes naturally. It's not something that comes naturally. I have hard times thinking about someone who is truly at peace in my life. There's a lot of people who try to attain it, myself included, But people who are truly just at peace, I knew this one guy who, no matter what happened, no matter what happened in our church, he was just there. And he wasn't apathetic, it wasn't just like he was a person in the seat, he was just there and he was there for the ministry, for the family, for God, he was there for something else and so the things that rocked everybody else didn't rock him. And I remember looking at him and just being like, man, he's a Christian like I am and how does he have this? Is it a mindset? How does he have it? And so I've been striving. I've, I've searched for it ever since. Because if we can be at peace, then we can think clearly. People who are at peace, they have a calming sense. They're the ones that you want in the room when there's a crisis. Because they can see clearly. They can look forward. They can have discernment. And they can say, you know what, we need to keep cool in this situation. Think about Jesus' own disciples. Think about Peter in this situation, pulling out a sword whenever things were going bad and trying to kill the people. And Jesus, a man who's truly at peace, even within that moment where he knew he was going to be killed, says, calm, clear and level heads. We will get through this. That's amazing. How do we achieve that? Well, I'll tell you, we're going to look at Galatians 5 this morning. This is a little um, reminder, I guess, of where we're going and why we're doing what we're doing. A few years ago, like I said, the leadership at North Main decided that they wanted to focus on this passage in particular and have the fruits of the Spirit be something that this church went through um, on the long haul, each year focusing on a different uh, fruit. And so this morning... To start off a new year, we're going to reread that passage and we're going to look at what peace looks like in there. So, this is Galatians 5 16 through 26. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting with each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. This is what I'm talking about. We want to be at peace. We want to have these things, these fruits of the Spirit. These are the things we desire. But the truth of it is is that there's these voices in our heads. There's two voices in our heads, and we often pick the wrong one. In most situations, when we can have peace, when we can have joy, we are constantly drawn to fighting. We are constantly drawn to this depression, anxiety. These are the things that suck us out of this space. It says, These two forces are constantly fighting with each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. So he's saying this is where the Holy Spirit can transcend this, can bridge this gap. The whole purpose of the Old Testament, the law of Moses, was to show us that we can't do it. This is the realization that we can't achieve peace on our own. Even our own definitions make it clear we can't achieve it. Just like we can't achieve true love on our own. Just like we can't achieve true true joy on our own. These things have to be birthed from something else. And the law of Moses is meant to show us that, that we cannot stand up. And that's coming into a new year, a lot of times we set resolutions, right? We say, oh man, last year it looked this way, and this year it's not going to look that way. I'm going to be something different, something new. And what happens to a lot of resolutions, right? That workout equipment ends up in the corner after a while, that membership goes unused, right? We know that. We joke about it every single year, and every single year the joke is still as funny because it never changes, But here's the thing is that the Holy Spirit changes us. The Holy Spirit changes us. And he comes in and he says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like this. That list just looks like the news, right? And yet there's so much talk of peace about this want for peace, this drive for peace. We see that alongside these things. And yet these things, the product of of these people who are trying to solve these issues on their own are these things that Paul said, "Um, this is what's going to be the product of your own ambitions, your own sinful natures. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. This isn't meant to say that if you slip up and do those things that you are going to be left out from this salvation that Christ has died for us to give us. But what that means is that if you that is the fruit of your life. If those are the things that are coming out of your life, then you probably don't have a relationship with God because if you had a relationship with God, then the Spirit would transform and change you, giving you um, desires that look different than those and give you fruit that looks different than those. It says, um, those who belong to Christ, or it says, but the Holy Spirit produces a kind of fruit in our lives, joy, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against those things. How opposite that list looks than anything I'm seeing right now. Not just for the news, but just pop culture in general, just the the world. You walk into a store, you walk into some place, and you just see the fruits of this other, this sinful nature just present everywhere. And when I see all that and I say, well, I'm trying to have these other fruits, it just can be wearing down. It can be bogged down and think, I can't achieve this. How can I achieve this peace? It says, those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited, Or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. See, we're meant to look different. And that's what we're trying to do, right? As a church, we're trying to go through these fruits of the Spirit. What does it mean? Because we can confuse ourselves and we can say, Well, I'm peaceful, right? I'm not out, you know, getting in fights with people, or I'm not doing these things. But when we really look at what it means, it's the same as love and joy. When we really kind of get to the meat of it, where we say, what does it actually mean to have love? Well, it looks different than a lot of the times what we give ourselves lenience for, right? Oh, I, I love people, uh, but I don't love the way that Christ meant us to love, or I don't have joy the way that it, it, because if I had joy, then I would be content, right? But I'm not content, I'm striving after things, I'm looking after things. If I had peace, then my words would probably be different when I spoke to that person, and I wouldn't be clouded in anger, Right? When we're honest with ourselves, we say, how do we get to that? And Jesus gives us a pretty good example. He says in John 14, 27, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give you is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So here's the thing is that I think... On stories, Pastor Brandon had a, a pretty neat illustration that he was going to use here um, to talk about what does peace look like. And he talked about um, this art contest where there was uh, they were meant to illustrate peace, and they were meant to draw um, peace on in a mural. And all these different artists, you know, had these tranquil settings, these like these brooks by uh, these brooks, you know, these streams that looked real nice, and uh, and all these uh, uh, peaceful settings and. This one artist had a, like, hurricane, and this tree getting just, like, wrecked by the winds and all these things, and this nest in the, in the tree was, like, in the bough of the tree, and this bird was, like, hunkered down over, like, the babies, and the babies were sleeping. And uh, that person said, well, yeah, this is peace. And all the people were like, how is that peace? This looks horrible. And uh, he said, well, that's what peace from God looks like. So the peace that the world tells us is going to be there is unattainable. The peace that the world is going to be there is these tranquil settings that the other artists did. Is I, I, the, the illustration that instantly popped into my mind was, uh, I don't know if you've heard, I mean, you probably have, that there was a Christmas truce during World War I where um, it was not ordered by any leaders of the militaries or the nations, but along the Western Front, um, all the people just decided to stop fighting. Literally the day before, they had been trying to kill each other, and the day after, they were. But um, during that day, because it was Christmas, something supernatural transcended, and they just decided that they didn't need to fight. That's peace in the middle of these, these uh, pits, this, this no-man's land where they met to exchange goods and sing Christmas carols. This idea that this uh, bird is, is covering over the, the young, and they can sleep in the midst of this horrible, horrible, hurricane. See, Christ says to his disciples as he's about to leave, that verse that I just read, he's about to go back up into heaven and he says, I I can't stay long. There's stuff I have to do yet and I'm about to leave. He goes, but I'm telling you, I'm going to give you a gift. It's going to be peace. It's going to be a peace that you can't understand, but it's going to be a peace that the world can't give you. I'm going to read another passage here. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which ex- exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. See, peace is not the absence of negativity. It's the presence of God. And that's the main point for today, is that peace isn't the absence of negativity in our lives. So this is the thing, is that in the moment that we're in right now, it's hard to see peace, but the truth of it is, is that it's here already. We're already being shielded and protected by God, no matter what happens in your life personally. And this is something that I've had to struggle with when I've faced the own trials that I've gone through. And you think, why me, God? Why is this? And then you truly, truly strip everything away and you bring it down to its base and you say, God, you saved me from eternal damnation. I have nothing to be ungrateful for. And there's days that are gonna be hard. There's days that I'm gonna struggle and slip up. But in the end, I can have peace and I can have joy because I know that you have saved me from something that's far greater. And this world is so fleeting and trivial and it's a blink of an eye for something eternal and it really boils down to right now you know we're going to be having to face people that are going to push back against this really basic belief in christianity this is what we're going to face i think in 2021 do you really believe that christ was who he says he was and that he died because if he is who he says he is and he died for you and i and that by accepting him as our way into eternal life with him, into reconciliation with God, if that's what you truly believe, then there really is nothing to fear. There really is nothing to be ungrateful about. There really is nothing. Because in that sense, we are all equal. We may have harder lives than others, and others may have harder lives than us. And we may look out and envy other people's lives, or we may look out and say, I wish for peace. I wish there was no fighting I wish that there was no riots. I I remember when I was a kid, it was just so much different. I can't see the end of this. I can't see how this goes away for years and years and years. How does this stop? Man, I wish there was peace. Stop wishing there is. There can be. It's this perfect peace. That's what we're going to be looking for this whole year, is diving into who is Christ, the bringer of peace, the prince of peace, Who is the Holy Spirit who can dwell in us and bring supernaturally a peace in the midst of hurricanes and storms, in the midst of political unrest, in the midst of pandemics, in the midst of uncertainty, job loss? I know that things are going to look a little bit scary here. I know that they have been, and, and some people are just flat out exhausted and beyond. But this year can be a year of peace. It can be a year of love. It can be a year of joy because the God of the universe says it can be. He said it could be. And if I believe who he says he is, then I believe his words. And even though sometimes I doubt, I read back to that and I say, he's left me a gift. He said it's possible for me to have peace. He left me a gift and he said, I'm not a slave to those sins, even whenever I mess up. There's so many times when I sin and I think back to myself, how could I do this? And yet I think to myself, the only reason I can think that is because I'm no longer a slave to what it is. See, slaves can't think about the idea of being free. I mean, they can wish for it, but they can't experience it. If I'm a slave to Christ, I am free from that old life. And so I don't have to be a slave to worry and anxiety. And so I want to encourage you in this year, we can change what this place looks like. Not this place particularly. I'm talking about this country, this world. And we always say it and sometimes it gets discouraging because we we say, well, what is it? Well, it's just accepting I have, I've said it multiple times. It's kind of my, my uh, I feel like I'm ringing a bell. You know, it's like, it's accepting our place in relation to God's place. God, the, the king of the universe. And not only is that supposed to be a humbling thing, but it should be a comforting thing. That's the, that's the gift he left the peace. He says, I've got it in control. I am the God of the universe. And I'm telling you these things. So take heart with that. Take heart. Focus in on your relationship with God and know that. Peace is attainable. Peace is attainable even in the midst of all this when it doesn't seem like it can be. And we don't have to have fear. We don't have to have worry. Because God has this entire situation, this entire world in his hand. I'm going to invite the worship team back up. As they come up, I ask you to join me in prayer. Dear God, we come before you. we humble ourselves. We humble ourselves before you because 2020 was humbling. God, we come before you, some of us broken and battered, some of us angry and resentful, some of us filled with zeal and and some of us just trying to figure out how to take our next step. God, all of us come to you broken but God we ask that you uphold your word we believe in your word and we claim it we claim it as ours because you said we could we claim peace because you said we could we want this life to look different because you said it could look different but only through a relationship with you and only through lessening our own desires. God, thank you for breaking the chains of bondage. God, if we have sin in our hearts that continues to take hold, we repent of that now. God, we lift those up to you. We say sorry for those. We will try not to do them again. We will, we will make efforts to try not to do them again because we know we want to please you, God each day make us work closer and closer to being like your son. Thank you for your son and his sacrifice and his deliverance. God, we pray for all of those who are suffering right now, those who are suffering with illness and disease, suffering with job loss, we pray for them. We pray for our communities and our country. We pray for our president. We pray for those who are coming into the office. We pray that they make choices that are selfless. God, but even if they don't, we trust you. We trust you. And that's really hard and really scary. So we lift that up to you too. We lift that up to you because you are the God of the universe. And if we believe it, we know you can control all things. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: Thanks for joining us this week. Check back next week as we dig deeper and go further in our understanding of God's Word. Make sure to visit us on our website, www.northmaincog.org, where you can learn more about us. If you found value in today's message, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be helpful too. Donating to the ongoing ministry of North Maine is easy. Just go to our website and click on the Give tab at the top of the screen. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week.